0: We've been fooled again. The gullible Sacramento Kings fan base finding a way to once again believe that this year things will be different. You'd think after 15 seasons of that, we'd learn our lesson just like you'd think after 15 seasons the Sacramento Kings would learn that you actually have to be consistent in the NBA regardless of your level of competition if you want to be considered a good team. Well, the Kings are not a good team. The start of the season, the solid start, was the anomaly until proven otherwise. Kings lose, blow an 18-point lead to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I've got thoughts, some things to get off my chest. No waiting to cool down until tomorrow with this one. I'm speaking directly from the heart, and I know a lot of Kings fans are feeling the same way that I am. Plus, you'll hear from Luke Walton, Harrison Barnes, and Tyrese Halliburton on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, Brought part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's. Donalds for always being there. I'm loving it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member covering the Kings for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball. Uh, formerly with uh, Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, uh, and currently with ABC 10 Television in the California capital. And I'm a fool. We're all fools. Hey, maybe maybe you didn't believe. Maybe you didn't buy it. Maybe you've been so scarred over the last decade and a half that you weren't going to believe it until you truly saw it. And if that's you... Congratulations. I guess you were right and guess you're not stinging as bad uh, as as many of us are here in Sacramento after the Kings lose their fourth straight, blow an 18-point lead to the Oklahoma City Thunder and are, I don't care if there's still five losses away from a nine-game losing streak, this might as well be a nine-game losing streak. It feels exactly the same as the two nine-game losing streaks that the Kings suffered last season. It's incredibly frustrating. It's embarrassing how this game ended. And here's the reality of this Sacramento Kings team. The reality is if they do not learn, and I don't care how many different coaches have been here. I don't care how many different GMs. I don't care about ownership. I don't care about how many players. For some reason, whoever is wearing a Sacramento Kings uniform cannot understand the basic concept that you need to play consistently on a nightly basis against whatever level of opponent, does not matter. If you're playing the defending champions, you play them the exact same way that you play the worst team in the NBA and vice versa. That is how you become a good team in the NBA. And yet for 15 freaking seasons plus now we're in 16 the kings cannot find a way to play consistent they cannot find a way to take the effort that they had in the loss the home opener loss to the oklahoma city thunder or the next game the loss at home to the golden state warriors or the win in portland hell the wins or one of the wins at home uh, against the charlotte hornets even the loss in utah take that effort play with that effort, play with that consistency in Oklahoma City, and you win this game by 20-plus. Instead, you build an 18-point lead, you walk around with a little swagger thinking you're hot, you know what, and you get punched in the mouth, you get embarrassed, and a team like the Thunder come back on you and steal this game. Congratulations to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've won four straight. I could care less. And in all four of these games, they've battled back from double digits. I don't care. You know why? Because the Kings are a much better team than the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Kings have a 10 times better roster than the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Kings are a team with expectations to be in the play-in or the playoffs. The Oklahoma City Thunder are a team with the expectations to make their abundance of draft picks as good as possible and as high up in the lottery as possible. These two teams are on completely different tiers, and yet what do the Kings do? They go to Oklahoma City, and they... Thankfully for the Thunder, take a step down into the Thunder's tier to meet them halfway. How generous are the Sacramento Kings to play to the tier of their opponent, to give good teams good effort so it's a watchable game for their fans, and to give bad teams bad effort so those teams actually have a chance to win at home. Very generous of the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are the charity case of the NBA and have been that way for the last 15 years. I just don't understand. I don't get it. I asked Luke Walton about it. Luke Walton gave some kind of answer. Truth be told, there's nothing really he could have said that would have made sense. Luke has only been here for three seasons. This has been a problem for 15 plus seasons. So he can't answer for all of it. But somebody somewhere in Sacramento should be able to understand. Am I the only one? Or are Kings fans the only ones that understand if you play the same way against every single team, if you be consistent, you'll actually win in this league? You'll actually be good in this league? Or do you think that you can, as a team who has not done anything yet, as a team who has not even sniffed the playoffs, as a team who's claimed to fame is a 39-win season under Dave Yeager a, a couple of seasons ago, that team thinks that they can walk into any building against any team in the NBA anywhere and think that the game has already won? And you know what? Shame on me. Shame on me. Because I looked at this four-game road trip and I said, this is an easy four-game road trip. These are absolutely winnable games. The Kings minimum have to go three and one, should go four and oh. Shame on me. What the hell have I learned or not learned? How have I not recognized that that sort of mindset is exactly the problem? I should not look at any game this season, any game on the schedule and say, the Kings should win that game. Why? Why should they? What have they done to prove that they should? The, the first 10 games of the season when the Kings went five and five, more specifically, the first nine games this season when the Kings went five and four, when their losses were two really hard-fought battles against the uh, Utah Jazz and one hard-fought battle against the Golden State Warriors. Like, that team is the anomaly that team is what's inconsistent. That team, we cannot claim. Kings fans have to claim the team we saw tonight, the team we saw in San Antonio, the team we saw in the third quarter of the Phoenix Suns game. That is the Sacramento Kings that Kings fans have to claim. They don't want to claim them. They have to claim them because that's what this organization has been for 15 years. That's what this team was last season. Really good stretches, nine game losing streak. Really good stretches, nine game losing streak. Really good stretch to the season to start this year, four game losing streak. Might as well be nine. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that we're still talking about this. I've probably recorded at least 30 episodes and that's not an exaggeration. I've probably recorded 30 episodes in my time hosting the Locked on Kings podcast talking about this and this alone, playing to the level of your competition. There's probably been so much content written and spoken and broadcast about this topic more than anything else other than maybe the 2002 Kings in Sacramento over the last two decades. Makes you want to pull your hair out. And it's not surprising, but it's just as infuriating because every single year we think, finally, this team gets it. They understand. They've made adjustments this offseason. They've filled gaps. They know nine-game losing streaks can't happen. That's what they're saying to the media. So they've learned their lesson. They understand it's not going to happen again. Tell me why it's not going to happen again on uh, Sunday night or whenever their game against the Detroit Pistons is. Tell me why it's not going to happen again then. It would make more sense for it to happen. At least that's a continuation of the Kings pattern. I'm not here for the give the Thunder credit BS. And that is how Luke Walton started his press conference. Not here for it. Because like I said, the Thunder on a different tier than the Sacramento Kings. A worse tier than the Sacramento Kings. And even if... I shouldn't say that the Kings should beat anybody on a nightly basis. I should be able to say that the Kings are on a better tier than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Why? Because the Kings themselves have put themselves there. I'm holding the Kings to the standard that Monty McNair, general manager Monty McNair, head coach Luke Walton, and the rest of this roster have set upon themselves. This is a playoff team or bust. And right now it's bust. Right now it's bust. Now, of course, there's still so much time in the the remainder of this season for the Kings to get right. But as we get further along into the season, other teams are going to start to get right. And the Kings are not only not getting right, they're getting wrong. They're moving in the wrong direction. And what's concerned me the most is that all offseason, we knew the focus was defense. We knew the focus was this team is making adjustments defensively to be better because they know their offense is good enough. Hell, I said the same thing multiple times on my podcast. The offense is good enough. The offense isn't the problem here in Sacramento. If the Kings fix the defense keep the offense the same, the Kings are a playoff team. Well, the defense has gotten better. It hasn't been the best over the last few games, but it's gotten better. Congratulations, Kings. You're not the worst defense or second worst defense in the NBA anymore. Now you're like the sixth or seventh worst. Congratulations but your offense has gotten substantially worse. If Tyrese Halliburton and and Rashawn Holmes aren't on the floor together, or if Harrison Barnes isn't completely taking over a game, this Kings team's offense, they suck. The offense is terrible. I've been blown away by the Kings' struggles in the half-court offense. We knew this was already not a strength of the Kings, but I tweeted this out during the game. The Kings' half-court offense looks like what I would run with a bunch of strangers at 24-hour fitness on a pickup game. Very basic. Hey, come set a screen for me. I'm going to come off that screen. If you go under it, I'm taking a three. If you go over it, I'm attacking the basket. It's so simple. But the difference between a team like the Milwaukee Bucks who can run a simple offense and a team like the Sacramento Kings and why they can't run a simple offense is because the Bucks are a smart team with a lot of versatile weapons who know how to play together. The Sacramento Kings half-court offense is, oh crap, that didn't work. All right, uh, ISO, chuck this up. We saw stretches in this game. When the Kings built an 18-point lead, it's when they were moving the ball. They weren't just getting out in transition, relying heavily on their defense, creating offense. Now that was part of it, but we were seeing the connections between Tyrese Halliburton and Rashawn Holmes, the pick and roll between the two of them. And I would be concerned as the Sacramento Kings, if, or or as I've seen Tyrese and Rashawn have that chemistry and that chemistry really be nowhere to be found between Fox uh, and Halliburton, or rather Fox and Rashawn Holmes. And trust me, we're going to talk about uh, De'Aaron Fox In a little bit, because he's been terrible again. But the Kings, their half court offense is so basic, so basic that a a team of inexperienced kids, no disrespect intended, like the Golden State or rather the Oklahoma City Thunder, that team knew how to stop the Kings. Everybody get into the paint, let them chuck up a million threes per game. Who cares? They're going to shoot themselves out of it. And they did. And then the Thunder picked up the physicality on the other end of the floor and the Kings weren't willing to match. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Tyrese Halliburton returned. We'll talk about his game back, his connections with Rashawn Holmes. We'll try and figure out what the hell happened to De'Aaron Fox. We'll talk about that final possession where Fox, the Kings aren't going to say that he lost them the game. But Fox had a chance to win the game for the Kings, and not only did he not hit a shot, he never got one up because he turned the ball over, leading to an OKC game winner. Plus, you'll hear from Luke Walton, Harrison Barnes, and Tyrese Hallibur, and that's all coming up in just a second. Right now, though, if anything, if you could salvage anything from this game, I hope you at least made some money off of this game on betonline.ag. But hey, maybe you didn't, because maybe you, like me, were, were foolish enough to believe that the Kings should handle their business pretty easily. Well, maybe easily isn't the right word, but the Kings should be the better team in OKC when comparing these two rosters. Maybe you took the pessimistic view. You decided to put your money on your pessimism. If you did, congratulations. You probably got paid. BetOnline is back and better than ever. New web interface to start the basketball season. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that free money. From basketball to football, baseball, NHL boxing, UFC, write your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online, where the game starts. If Tyrese Halliburton's importance to the Sacramento Kings wasn't clear enough and how poorly they pay played uh, in their loss to the Phoenix Suns and their loss, especially to the San Antonio Spurs heading into Oklahoma city, then his connections with different teammates, how he runs the offense when he's in the game compared to how De'Aaron Fox or Davion Mitchell or Buddy Heald or whoever else tries to run the offense when he's not in the game or out with injury. It's very apparent how important Tyrese Halliburton is to this Kings team. Very apparent. It's also very apparent how important Tyrese Halliburton is to the stat lines and success of one Rashawn Holmes. The connection between the two of them, the pick and roll play, the two-man game, it's fantastic. I would put it up there with some of the best in the NBA, truly. Those two are on the same wavelength. Why the hell is De'Aaron Fox and Rashawn Holmes not in the same wavelength? Explain to me why. Tyrese Halliburton is a potential primary ball handler, but through the words of Luke Walton, he is the secondary ball handler on this team, meaning Fox is is the primary ball handler. And Fox's chief skill set is using his speed to get to the rim, to draw in a crowd. He is a perfect player for success with an athletic big in the pick and roll. And yet, it's not up to the level of Halliburton and Rashawn Holmes. Because the two of them trust one another. Halliburton is extremely smart, makes the right decisions And Rashawn Holmes is always there to clean up the play, to finish a lob. To be fair, there was a nice connection in this game between Fox and Holmes that was taken off for offensive basketball or basket interference, which was absolute bullcrap. It was a perfect lob by Fox, a perfect finish by Rashawn Holmes. So it was nice to see that connection. And we've seen that from time to time. But compare the relationship between Halliburton and, and, and Holmes on the floor and Fox and Holmes on the floor. It's not a coincidence that Holmes had his worst games of the season with Halliburton out. I also don't think it's a coincidence that De'Aaron Fox had his best games of the season with Halliburton out. That should scare everybody because when Tyrese was drafted and based off the season that Tyrese had last year, what did we all say? The Kings have their Robin to Fox's Batman. The Kings have their big two, that backcourt of the future. These two are going to play together and I even said I thought that backcourt was going to be up to par with uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in just a year or two. Now it looks like those two aren't capable of playing together efficiently. If one has the ball, the other's in the corner and vice versa. It's, it's mind blowing because even if Tyrese wasn't starting with De'Aaron Fox last season, they spent a lot of time on the floor together. And I don't remember last season having to put one of them in the corner when the other one had the ball. And yet, that's where we're at right now. Who do we put that on? Everybody, but especially Luke Walton and the coaching staff. Find a freaking way to maximize those two players. Those are your two best players according to everybody. Even if Harrison Barnes is playing like your best player right now and Rashawn Holmes is up there. Those are your two future pieces. You pay De'Aaron Fox and max contract. Find a way to get him to play with other people. Find a way to get De'Aaron Fox to be effective while also having your role players, your bench, and your supporting cast be effective. 37 points in a blowout loss to the San Antonio Spurs where Harrison Barnes only scores nine points. That's not good enough at all. I don't, like I said, after that game, I don't care that Fox had his best game of the season in San Antonio. It meant nothing to me. Absolutely nothing. Because until Fox has a game like that with Halliburton and with a majority of Kings players playing halfway decent, If they have a Charlotte-type game where Fox is actually playing well, because in that Charlotte game, Fox was just fine. That's when I'll believe it can happen, and it hasn't happened yet. I don't know what's going on with De'Aaron Fox. No clue what is going on with De'Aaron Fox. Not the same guy that we saw last season. Now, the Kings needed Fox to be that 30-40-point to score takeover machine. They needed that last season. They don't need it this season, but they could damn sure use it. How many more wins this season would they have if Fox was just a little bit more like that? Not a lot of bit, not averaging 30 to 40 points a game, just a little bit, 26, 27 points per game. The Kings are a significantly better team. They're above 500 without a doubt in my mind. If Fox is playing that way, the Kings win tonight. If Fox is playing that way, the Kings probably beat the Phoenix Suns at home. They should have won one of the Warriors uh, games or one of the Utah games. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Something is wrong with De'Aaron Fox. And I'm going to use the words that he said himself. Which is, on games that I'm not great, I have to be good. Fox hasn't been great once. No, I do not say Fox has been that San Antonio game was Fox playing great. Doesn't count. That is good because a great performance like 37 points and a blowout loss means nothing to me. That can't be great. Fox has only been good a handful of times. Most of the time, he's been fair to bad. And tonight in the second half, Fox was bad. B A D, bad. I'm talking liability on both ends of the floor in the second half. The Kings blow an 18 point lead a large portion of that lead blown with Fox on the floor. And then you have the final possession where I put blame on De'Aaron Fox for sure for turning the ball over. I also put blame on Luke Walton and the Sacramento Kings and their basketball IQ to say, hey, we're going to use as much clock as possible here, which is the right decision. You want to try and get the last shot and not give OKC a chance to win the game or tie. But... We're gonna use all of the clock, and instead of using all of our clock to actually, you know, run a play, we're gonna set up an isolation for De'Aaron Fox against one of the best perimeter on ball defenders in the league in Dort. And what happens? Fox gets his pocket picked. Dort goes the other way, finishes with a layup in transition. Oklahoma City Thunder win. That's your star. Your star blew it. And I do not understand why. And good teams do this too. Why? We, we see so much isolation ball with games on the line. Now there are superstars like Damian Lillard who thrive with isolation ball and deep threes, but that's garbage basketball. It's really bad basketball. You just get heroic moments. Luka Doncic, step back threes over two defenders after dribbling 20 seconds off the floor or off the clock. It's a heroic moment when he hits the shot. It's bad fundamental basketball. What a waste of teammates to stack all four of your teammates down on the baseline so that De'Aaron Fox, who's not been good for the majority of the season, can have his chance to try and beat one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. It's just stupid. And the Kings pay for it. I don't know. Just, just wow. (laughs) Like, again, it shouldn't be surprising. We've seen it so many times over the last 15 years, but I just, man, I really thought that this, this team was going to be different. And they still can be. There's still so much of the regular season left. I'm not trying to be so doom and gloom, like trade everybody and fire everybody. Although you have a, another couple of games like this, if this game, if this losing streak gets above five games, six games, seven games, I don't know if Luke Walton survives. Many are calling for his head right now. Many are calling for De'Aaron Fox to be traded. I understand that's more of an emotional reaction than anything else. I'm not there yet. But even with so much time left to turn it around, the Kings still have to prove to me, they have to prove to you, they have to prove to themselves, they have to prove to the rest of their fan base, they have to prove to the rest of the NBA world that this time it's different. Because we believe in them prematurely and maybe they believed in themselves prematurely and now they're getting knocked off their pedestal a little bit. I said I wanted to see how this team responded the first time they get punched in the mouth. They've been punched in the mouth repeatedly for the past four games. Absolutely beaten up. How are they going to respond? Because right now they need to show me that they're capable of throwing a counterpunch because they don't look like it at this point. All right, I spoke way too long, took way too much time, so I'm not going to play... All of the post-game audio from Walton, Barnes, and Halliburton. I'll just pick a couple clips from each one uh, for you to listen to. I asked a a couple questions to Halliburton, a couple questions to Luke Walton. I want to make sure I get those in there. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by McDonald's. And I need a McDonald's ice cream, McFlurry, I need a burger. I need some fries. I need some comfort food right now based off of what this King's team has done to my psyche. This episode of Lockdown Kings brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi, an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Uh, Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, uh home team or away team can go after a game. It's where fans can go and 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 dry their tears with a bun of a burger. <laughs> it's the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. And like I said, uh McFlurries are one of my go-to just a comfort food item uh that I'm probably honestly going to go out and get after I'm done recording this podcast and I, it got me through my wife's pregnancy. Uh McDonald's Wonderful uh, sponsor here of the On Kings podcast, a place where we are considering doing a future uh, Locked On Kings watch party, especially if we're watching a game like we saw tonight. It'll be good to have that comfort food close by for all of us to uh, sit around a table and sing kumbaya with. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Here's Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Wong. All
2: right. Uh, we'll give OKC credit. They did it again. Um, and uh, we have not, unfortunately, taken the steps. Uh, necessary uh, to make sure we win games like that. So we, we got to be better. And uh, again, it came down to the details. At the end of the game, that kid made a nice play. That's not what we lost. We lost that game at the end of the third, into the fourth. We don't get back in transition. They hit a three. We got a miscommunication. They hit a three. They got 16 offensive rebounds tonight and they barely played a, a center. So no excuses. Um, we, uh, we were just, we are absolutely... Um, for coming off three straight losses, we were way too soft on that end of the floor tonight and uh, give them give them credit and this uh, you know, we got we got work to do. Yeah, Luke, this is four straight. Just how do you pull your team out of, out of this funk? I know you you made a lineup change tonight, but what are you seeing that's causing the lack of consistency, the the missed assignments, a little stuff? Yeah, you know, I thought James, I thought we were much better back to ourselves tonight. Um, as far as how we were playing, we were getting downhill. We were getting good looks. Uh, having Ty back out there was great. We got Rashawn playing again. Um, it, to me, it, it really came down to us not boxing out. Guards boxing out guards. We've talked about it since day one of training camp. And, uh, you know, look, there's, you know, we feel like we have units out there that are, you know, offensively our best shot uh at playing the way we want to play but if we're not willing to box out then we're just going to have to make some more changes um and we'll look into that um but that was you know it wasn't uh it wasn't the 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 game we played like we played you know the the way we want to play for you know we up to that point we built up a nice lead we were sharing it we were playing with good pace uh we missed a lot of shots um, but we made them miss, and we didn't finish off possessions, and, and that's absolutely unacceptable. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at it, and we'll uh, we'll do what we have to do to uh, to continue to get better. But how we get through it, James? We st- stick together and keep working. Stick together, keep working. It's the recipe uh, for success.
0: Hey Luke, do you think it's a more of a coincidence that Rashawn Holmes has his his best games when Tyrese is playing, struggles without, and then vice versa? De'Aaron Fox has his best game when Tyrese is out, and then goes back to kind of his struggles with Tyrese here. Is that coincidental to you at this point?
2: No, um, I, I do think Rashawn, uh, you know, Rashawn is naturally going to get more looks with Ty out there because the Ty is a, a secondary playmaking, ball handling guard that's really good at that pick and roll game. Um, so that, you know, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, now we need Rashawn to, to play with that same energy. He was blocking shots, rebounding from this jump tonight. So that's what we need out of him every night. Uh, and then we need to make sure that we get him looks and touches and all that. Uh, but it's easier. Yeah. When Ty is playing, but I, I don't think, you know, the De'Aaron piece has anything to do with that. No.
1: Luke, how much does it feel like the team's. Like togetherness and and toughness and resolve are are being tested right now. And and how do you guys deal with that?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's being tested, but it's not going anywhere. Um, We're together. We're we're, we're a group that's worked too hard not to – I mean, we're 13 games into a season. and Yeah, it's a tough patch right now, but uh, we're not going anywhere. We're sticking together. Uh, We'll get through it together.
0: Hey, Luke, over the the 15 – plus seasons here in sacramento one of the biggest issues has been the inconsistency of, of playing to different levels of competition obviously you've only been involved in in the last three from both a player and coach perspective why do you think that's such a hard lesson for teams younger teams to to learn and figure out how to play consistently and, and play the same way against one team as they do getting up for maybe a better team
2: yeah it's you know it's a it's a good question matt it, it you know, a lot of times comes down to just the experience of, of, of veterans um, and understanding that it really, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You don't get up, you don't get too high, you don't get too low in the NBA. It's 82 games and you need to play the same way every night. And there's always going to be a little bit of variation uh, depending on, on who you're playing. But, uh, you know, young players are normally, you know, you're coming from college and you're, you're still figuring all that out where there's rivalry games and this and that. In our league, anybody will beat anybody if you're not ready to play. And, and that just, you know, you know, that comes with time and
0: experience. I feel so bad for Harrison Barnes, the amount of times he's had to say the same thing and be the first one to face the microphones after these bad losses of the last few years. But here's HB.
1: I mean, I, I'm at a loss for words for for tonight, but I think in general, you know, if we're going to preach consistency, uh, you know, we have to live up to that. And um, right now there's too many areas in our game but we're not doing that. Obviously, it starts from individual standpoint. So, you know, for me, I know that, you know, I have to do a better job of rebounding. Um, I mean, they're getting too many offensive rebounds. Um, we're not getting any offensive rebounds. So, you know, I think that's, that's one area that, at least individually, I know I can improve on. Just from your perspective, uh, Harrison, what are your, what are your thoughts about, you know, you guys, uh, where your defense is at this, at this point? I mean these last four games. I mean it really hasn't it hasn't really been existent consistently. Um, You know it's just it's it's a broken record every game. We come in here and you know we're not starting off games with force. We're kind of letting people get comfortable. Obviously it shows up in different ways for for scoring. Maybe you know it doesn't look as bad, but when we don't score, you know that's when the lead switches. So I think for us, you know we really. I have to get back to how we were playing at the start of the season. This is going to be a long road trip. Jason Anderson. Hey, HB. Um, does does this feel like a little bit of a test of uh, this team's togetherness and its resolve? And and how do you deal with that? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we can we can do you know we can have speeches and we can we can go over game plan, but you know if we're not going to you know approach the start of a game or we're not going to compete with the level of force that um, other teams are. are are competing at then it doesn't really matter um so obviously you know we can get up here we can say all the right things we can have you know great huddles great meetings but until we um show that with our effort you know on the floor which you know detroit is a great opportunity to do that then um it doesn't really matter
0: tyrese halliburton is such a smiley happy guy and yet most of the time when we talk to him post game it's pretty sad Ty,
2: it seems like uh, you and De'Aaron are still trying to build chemistry on some of these things. Is, is, there, is there a way you guys can kind of, I don't know, figure out how to speed the process along a little bit? Um, it just seems like you guys are almost taking turns at certain points.
3: Um, I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, I think, I think our chemistry is fine. Um, you know, I just I thought our offense was fine. You know, we just got to get stops defensively. Um, I don't think that there's much of a chemistry issue. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, it's the NBA when you have two good players, they kind of just, you know, play off each other, and you know, go back and forth. So I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that there's a that there's a chemistry issue. Um, you know, we just, uh, no, we are we, you know, we have been taking turns sometimes, and that's just how this is how it is sometimes. But um, I, I I feel like we play off each other well
0: it's hey this is now four straight and of course i don't need to point out the the two nine game losing streaks last season but comparing where you were at last season to where this team's at right now does it feel different and if so can you explain how
3: i mean losing is losing um it's frustrating either way um i don't think there's another way to look at it um any way you lose whether it's by two by 20 it's not exciting it's it sucks. It's awful. Um, and you got to fix it. So I don't know if there's much of a difference, uh, but I do know that I have no control over. Um, we have no control over fixing two nine game losing streaks last year, but we have control over fixing this right now. And that's where our feet are. So, you know, we got to fix it. Ain't nobody coming to save us. And There's no, uh, we could come up here and talk and say whatever we want and, you know, say, talk about consistency and talk about how we have to be better, but we got to do it. So. You know, we just have to do it.
2: Yeah, Ty, just where's the frustration level? Just where are you guys at mentally behind the scenes?
3: You know, I'm frustrated. Um I think we're all frustrated. Um, if you're not, you shouldn't be here. So you guys are mad, and um nobody's happy losing, nobody. So, you know, I'm not going to come up here and say everything's fine. It's not. We're angry, but uh can't control tonight's outcome anymore, Um you know, you got to just get in tomorrow, you know, work out, get ready for Detroit. Um, we're one game at a time. That's all we can really do. But, yeah, I mean, obviously we're frustrated.
0: All right. I've said my piece. You've heard from a couple of players and the head coach. Now you, you vent to me. You want to get something off your chest? let me know I'm at Matt uh, Sack on Twitter you can tweet me publicly or DM me privately if you prefer uh, you can email me George sports gmail.com don't write too long of essays because I need some time to sleep but I'll try and respond to as much as I can YouTube commenters I know you're about ready to go crazy uh, so uh, so get down there and I'll try and respond as much as I can down there as well. Let's hear it, man. Let's air it all out. This is the the frustrations of the Kings, and this Locked on Kings podcast is is made for you to, to get you through these times, so let's get through them together. Uh, and, uh, of course, join me on a future Locked On Kings podcast after the Kings hopefully win over the Detroit Pistons. But I don't know. I don't have any confidence going into that game. Do you? If you do, tell me why. Uh, but regardless, win or loss, we'll have a podcast after that game. More great content, more great guests and stuff coming uh, as we head into next week. All season long, even if this Kings team never wins another game, I might hate my life, but I will be here recording Locked On Kings podcast for you. I appreciate your support. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked On Kings